Ships that pass in the night. She said a soft, good morning, and waited tensely to be instructed further. Her nervous hand gripped the portfolio which contained her documents. Her haversack felt heavy and sweaty over her left shoulder. She tried to control her breathing because her heart was racing madly. They'd been told to expect it. Job interviews always make one nervous. But one's very first job interview is a special kind of nervous, the instructor had warned them. Your hands will tremble and your knees quiver. You may feel hot and cold at the same time. Your voice may shake. Your eyes may fill with tears even. Ignore everything. Focus on your breathing and listen carefully to your interviewer. <laughs> They'd found it funny. They'd laughed out loud that he thought they were so fragile. They were tough. They were battle-ready. They were cool. Wasn't so funny now that it was happening. Her heart was pounding so hard she could hear the hot rush of blood in her ears. Focusing on the breathing was almost impossible. When was this man going to look up from his papers so that he might ask her to sit? She needed to sit. She was trembling. Even though it was only a mock interview, it felt real. This was a real office with real people sitting at computers in small cubicles and talking on their phones and writing important things. No one gave her a glance except one older lady who'd offered her a thumbs up for which she'd been so grateful. Slowly, the wave of terror subsided. It might have been a minute. It hadn't felt like a minute. It had felt like ages. But she was able to focus now. Breathe in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, and in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. Better. Definitely better. Good morning, he said with his head still lowered. Please sit down. I'll be done with this in a minute. Thank you, sir, she murmured as she chose the center seat of the three in front of him and settled herself and her accoutrements. Haversack on the floor, portfolio on her lap, hands crossed over it, feet planted firmly on the carpet. Hesitantly, her eyes crept across the desk. And instantly, she felt safe. She felt a warm wave of positive energy flowing from the top of his lowered head. The instructor hadn't mentioned anything like this. He told them to be wary. Interviewers often asked tricky questions, like what would you do in such and such a situation? One had to stay alert. But she could feel the tension ebbing and she just knew everything would be alright. She'd come to the right place, to the right person and she felt completely on top of things. She didn't know why, but she knew it. He lifted his head 
and nodded briefly, and everything went hot and blurry again. She could just about hear him faintly through the fog, apologizing for being distracted and keeping her waiting, but that was something that had required his immediate attention. He asked her name, but she was still in the fog and gaped at him blankly. He snapped his fingers smartly in front of her face and it broke the spell and brought her up with a jerk. I'm Manjula, sir. A brief shadow passed over his face. I knew a Manjula once, but that was a long time ago. Yes, it was a long time ago. He looked distant and pensive for an instant, but swiftly brought himself back. Right, Manjula, let me see your papers and let's talk about your skills. The next few minutes were spent in discussions. She felt strong and confident and answered his every question. Not a shred of nervousness or tension. He could sense it too. He asked her how many such interviews she'd done. And when she told him it was her first, he commented that she was impressively cool. The session went well. She knew she was coming across positively. The background check they'd been trained to do proved useful. She could say what she admired about the company and why she'd want to work here. She mentioned the lady outside and how she'd felt comforted by her gesture. She admitted she had a lot to learn, but that everyone has to start somewhere and she'd be most pleased to start here. No mention had been made of salary. And when he asked her how she could afford to be so cavalier on such an important matter, she looked him straight in the eye and said, I will leave that to you, sir. I trust you. He leaned back in his chair and crossed his arms over his chest and just looked at her. Is this what they've taught you to say at an interview, Manjula? He asked, holding her gaze. No, sir. Indeed not, sir. But this interview is nothing like what we were taught. So I have to depend on my instincts. And they are asking me to trust you, she countered. He rocked slightly in his chair and looked at her with a furrowed brow. Then, rubbing his chin, You're an unusual young lady, Manjula. Why do you feel you can trust me? You don't know me. I'm a stranger, an unknown quantity. It's quite a risk in today's world. Has no one taught you to be more cautious? Sir, I've grown up in an orphanage and studied in a convent. We are conditioned to be cautious, to be suspicious and watchful. And I am, always. But yet, I trust you. And I can explain why. But you may not like my answer. And the young girl sat and waited patiently for the older man to indicate whether she should go further. I may not like your answer. What answer can you have that I may not like? I would certainly like to hear it. He smirked at her, looking equally puzzled and amused. May I show you a picture? She waited for his nod before reaching down to her haversack and pulling out a small plastic wrapped card. 
All my life that I can remember, I've lived in the orphanage. And the only thing I have of my life before that is this photograph. It's my good luck charm and I always carry it with me on important occasions, exams and now this interview. I'm told this is my father. She reached across the table and handed him the photograph. You could just see the blood drain out of his face. A hundred thoughts must have raced through his mind. How was this possible? The photograph looked incredibly like a younger version of himself. It wasn't, but she couldn't be faulted for thinking so. It was astoundingly similar. He'd worn his hair differently and he'd never have worn a shirt like that. And he'd been much more muscular at that age. But she was not to know these things. Did she think he was her father? What did she expect from him? He was aghast. He raised his head and relaxed internally to see her gentle eyes on him. He almost let out a tense breath, but caught it just in time, lest it reveal his trepidations. I know you're not my father, sir. He had a mole just above his right eyebrow. A quick downward glance confirmed that it was so, and he'd missed it earlier. But this photo was left with me for a reason, and the reason may have been to help me through this very scary first interview. I was dying of nervousness as it is, sir, and when I saw your face, I thought I was really going to die. And then I noticed the absence of the mole, and you were smiling at that moment, and instead of feeling disappointed, I just felt safe and trusted you completely. I think I gave you a shock, sir. Her face was open and sweet as she reached for the precious photograph and stored it away safely in her haversack. He eventually wound up the interview and, unusually for himself, came out from behind his desk to shake hands with her and see her to the door. He wished her well, as he did with all the other candidates he volunteered to interview, to help out a friend and to give these kids a bit of experience before the real thing. She'd been mad nervous to start. They all were. Then she'd thought she'd seen the father who'd abandoned her as a baby. Then realized he wasn't her father. Then gone through the interview cogently. And finally had the spunk to confront him and say, Yeah, I thought you were my dad, but no, you aren't. And that's fine. Puh, she'd be okay, this girl. She was going to make it. Because no future interview could possibly be scarier than this one. The door shut behind her as she left. And a while later, he caught himself still standing there, awash in ancient memories. He'd lost contact with the modula of his youth. But perhaps it was time to remedy that. Where was she? What was she doing? Was she also still alone? Did the meeting with this strange girl conceal a secret message for him too? 